Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. December the 27th, Tuesday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi. We've got the whole gang together, at least for a little while this afternoon. Richard Cross, Michael Borky is back from his Christmas vacation to see the folks and the family and the friends in South Carolina. Michael Borky, good to have him back. Brian Haydad, same spot he was in yesterday, still got a grin on his face back after his vacation last week. Borky, Haydad returned in the greatest mood yesterday a week off of work, and then Christmas, he got a new PS5 that he didn't know he was getting for Christmas. I mean, nice. he was just a jolly barrel of joy yesterday. In, in the, I'm still the in a good mood. Day. Yeah, I like it. I, I had not been off, like, uh, extended days in over a year. So I need, I needed, I just needed a little, you know, you got to recharge the batteries, man. Absolutely. You, uh, you certainly have to do that. Uh, we're glad to be with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, it's the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Today, you could play. Tomorrow, you could really play. You want to get out and take advantage of the sunshine, a little bit warmer temperatures? This might be your time to do it. Book your tea time or your trip online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. You can be a part of the conversation, as always, on the uh, C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Borky, I want to hear about your trip in uh, in just a second, but if we could rewind to December 23rd and pretend like uh, today is Festivus, uh, I, I have a small airing of grievance, but... Better watch yourself. I, Better watch yourself with us. I, I am not complaining. It's not really grievances. I just didn't know how else to describe it. I just I, I feel like I am living all of a sudden in a, uh, a fishbowl of uncertainty over the next... 12 to 24 hours. So I am supposed to be in Houston, Texas tomorrow for Ole Miss's bowl game, the Tax Act Texas Bowl. And one way or another, my plan is to be in Houston, Texas. If you follow the news today, you know that there are massive airline cancellations all over the place. Originally, I was going to fly tomorrow morning, and somewhere along the way, I was like, you know what? It'd be better off to fly the night before. So I had a 7.30 flight out of Memphis tonight that is still scheduled, but it has been delayed once. And my experience has been that when a flight gets delayed like six hours before it's supposed to take off, that's usually not a good sign. So my uncertainty is, do I roll the dice, get to the airport, hope to get to at least Dallas tonight, and then figure out the rest in the morning? Or do I go to the airport, and then if ultimately that flight gets postponed, 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 and then canceled, I'm left with a nine-hour drive that would begin at like 9 or 10 o'clock tonight, 
as opposed to getting on the road in the next little while and knocking out, you know, getting in at a reasonable time. And oh, by the way, just as I was leaving my house a few minutes ago, headed to the radio station, hey, Dad, I heard. And I thought, that is not a normal noise. Let me peek around and see oh, what thought, that is. I thought you were about to add an osage on the end of that, but okay. No, <laughs> no, there was there was no sausage. Uh, it sounded like something was streaming. And at first I thought, ooh, please don't be a gas leak. It was not. It was a water leak. Um, and in uh, in the scheme of people, I know people all over Mississippi and all over the southeast, all over the country, have dealt with burst pipes and just all kinds of grossness that goes along with this. The good news is this is an outdoor underground faucet. But in the, the metal pipe elbow that was extending out, it had, it had cracked. And so there was water streaming out of that. So I cut the water off to the house, and I was trying to kind of get that pipe loose. And in the process of getting that pipe loose, I heard, you know, that, that very distinct sound that plastic makes when it cracks, hard plastic. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> So I got it out and dug it down, and so the PVC connection that's about a foot down in the mud, uh, that cracked. So water off at the house. Hopefully somebody's coming to take care of that. And here we are, my uh, my state of uncertainty on this Tuesday afternoon. So it's all going to be fine. W- It'll all work out. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mess around. I'd go ahead and get in the car. I'd be driving. His connection dropped. We lose him? He got done with that. Uh, <laughs> at least he got the rant in. He got the rant in. That's all that matters. So, oh, oh man, look that, at that hair. I, Hold on, let me, let me, <laughs> he's giving us the go signal. We know. Yeah. Just push it there forward. We go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, so yeah, okay, if so you we'll can hear there. me, Richard. Give he me can. a thumbs up if you can hear. Okay. No, uh, we'll get him back. I would hopefully. drive. I would get in the car and start driving right away. I would not uh I would not I would not waste my time at the air the airport right now, I think we're gonna talk about it a little later, Borky. I know you put it on the rundown. It is an absolute cluster, you know what, of the highest magnet maybe the biggest travel cluster like in the history of man. I have never seen anything like what's what's happening right now. Mississippi State is flying southwest Which, to the game. They somehow got a plane. The one southwest plane in the air has Mississippi State on it. I'm waiting for somebody, somebody to get a there hold of that image of the Mississippi State football team getting on a southwest flight. Some, you know, pseudo-journalist in New York City that has nothing better to do than whine from their 400-square-foot, $1,700-a-month apartment that, oh, there's families stranded in Phoenix, and we've got a football team that gets a flight first. That's terrible. I'm waiting. That's going to come. Watch. Somebody's going to make a big deal about the state football team getting you know a flight why? on Southwest conveniently. Because they paid more than you. Because they paid more. If, I tell you what. Oh, no, if, no, no. if you're a willing to pay a hundred thousand, I know. Yeah, but oh, somebody, they had to. They had to charter it. They had to pay for the plane. Yes. If yes. you're willing to charter a plane, you, Southwest will take you wherever you want to go right now. I don't know how and, much and, it costs to charter a seven fifty seven, but they, they'll get you there. Well, and 
Probably a lot of people don't know that the major airlines have a secondary line of business that is a charter business. So you can charter Southwest, Delta. <coughs> I don't know if American does that. Sun Country Airlines, that, that's one of the – I've seen it with AirTran uh, in the past. So you can charter their big birds to, to get you wherever you need. And for $60,000, you too can charter one of those flights. Uh, to there get a bunch of people to a uh, to a place, I'm still, um, somebody's going to make a big take deal long. of it because people. Are it didn't stupid. take long, and by the way, Dwayne and Brandon, why don't you just take Cross One? This is the time where if Cross One was really a real thing, Richard would be on Cross I, yeah, One. Yes, yeah, so I, I, I promise. I promise. Um. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Oh, it's not that bad of a drive. I just made a drive. I didn't realize Houston was as close as it was. It's only eight hours and forty-five minutes. I yeah. just did that drive. Yeah. No. Again, it's not, it's not a ridiculous bad. drive. The problem is the the plane ticket is already purchased. Which okay, get credit for that. It's do I just jump in the car and head that way now? Yeah. I would. I or would. do I wait and it's you know six hours from now when I could be in like. I don't know, Beaumont or something, <laughs> and only have a. I think Beaumont's actually. Well, close. your flight got delayed thirty minutes. Does that mean we get you for thirty more minutes, or? Uh, if I did not have a burst pipe at my house, <laughs> yes, you you would. But I'm going to leave at about the same uh, time and try to check and make sure that that's happening on my way out of town. It was the, that Southwest thing is crazy though. Seeing the the line of, of hundreds of people. Waiting five and six hours just to talk to somebody at the desk, and then you get a, a airport worker uh, over the speaker saying, "Go home. There's no <laughs> flights for days. Just go home." And, and yeah. the follow-up question is, "What if I don't live here? I, I, yeah. What happens if I don't live here? What do I do?" Uh, Mind blowing. I mean, people aren't going to be stuck in Phoenix, for example, for days with nowhere to go. Uh, which, again, there are worse places to be stranded. The problem is you still have to pay for it, and that can yeah. get expensive uh, when it was not planned or budgeted. Uh, let's see here. Ceasefire text line. Actually, here's a text from a buddy about first. A friend of mine was on the 5.15 a.m. Southwest flight to Houston. He left his house at 1.15 a.m. this morning, gets to Memphis. They let him check in. He goes through TSA, gets to the gate. He waits while it was delayed and then canceled. He drove. I talked to Harry Harrison yesterday. He had a Southwest flight yesterday that was canceled, a Delta flight this morning that was canceled, and he called me at like 9. He's like, well, I'm driving to Houston. I was like, okay, man. I'm hoping for yes. better luck tonight, but uh, we'll see. Uh, we have uh, responses from you on the ceasefire text line, and then we will get into Michael Borky's glorious Christmas when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. We're just one big family around here. Sports Talk Mississippi. Will you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. All about- 
Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalktv.com. Uh, thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studios. We'll go to the C Spire text line in uh, in just a moment. But, Borky, we need a uh, a Christmas recap. This was a, uh, a big Christmas for James, uh, kind of more aware of what is uh, going on. Uh, a lot of family. You said there were going to be a lot of kids in and around the festivities. Yeah. Give us the uh, give give us the download. It was just a, a lot of chaos. A good time, of course, and, and we couldn't really go anywhere because of the weather. I mean, it was just it was just as cold there as it was here. I mean, yeah. uh, a feels like uh, in the negatives and and whatnot. So it was a very quick trip. Went over, hung out with the family. Couldn't go outside, but for a few seconds before you wanted to uh, uh, just keel over. But all in all, a good time. I also found my old fly rod yesterday, so things are looking up for me. New fly rod. Uh, my old fly rod. I found it yesterday oh. looking for something else. I completely forgot I had one. It, it's just a little, very light six-footer meant for just like, you know, little narrow mountain streams uh, from back home. Obviously, there's no trout here in Mississippi, but, buddy, I'm going to, this weekend, I'm going to take that thing and, and just put little dry flies on and go find brim beds and and just. That'll be fun. Oh, man. It, it, it's such, yeah. fly fishing so much fun. Uh, I mean, just relaxing, even if you don't catch anything, because you're constantly moving. But everything's looking up for me right now. Good Christmas. Got a uh, Bluetooth speaker that uh, is indestructible, which is awesome. And I found my old found my old fly rod. Which Bluetooth speaker did you get? Oh, I forget what the brand is though. But on it's what do they say? It was waterproof, snowproof, and sandproof, or something like that. You yeah. can literally throw it into a pool. And fish it out of the bottom of the pool, and the music will still be playing. So, pretty awesome. I love it. I love but it. Other than that, just watched a lot of football, ate way too much. Literally have gained five pounds in the last two weeks. Not kidding. So, diet starts today. And, <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's about it. We uh, we have – I mentioned this yesterday, and I know for a lot of you, yesterday was still kind of a holiday. If you've got Christmas stories that you need to share with us – we are all ears, and the ceasefire text line is wide open to you. Here would be an example. Will in Eupora. By the way, Will, thanks for listening. He says, I've been driving for the last week. I've put 3,000 miles on my new Camry that only had 200 on it when I left home. One of the main reasons I bought the car was to avoid flying home for the holidays. From the 15th to the 26th, I drove from Greenville, North Carolina, to West Point, to Hattiesburg, to Eupora, to Indianapolis, Indiana, and then back to Greenville. I also got engaged at the guest room in Starkville Thursday night. It's been a busy but great holiday season. He sends us a couple of pictures of uh, himself and his fiance. His fiance holding an ornament that uh, says, She said yes. Uh, best wishes and congratulations, Will, to you and your lovely fiance. Congratulations. Uh, it, what is the guest room? Is that... Is that a restaurant, or is that like like you just were staying a, at somebody's a, house and used their guest room to pop the question? It's a bar. Oh, okay. Good. Oh, I guess that would make sense. So so the picture that they took here with Santa Claus in sunglasses over the shoulder is at the guest room. Correct. There we go. Great, Will. Man, what a great Christmas for you. That's awesome. That is fantastic. Uh, Kelso offered to pick me up. Remember, he flies into hurricanes. 
said he could give me a lift. I mean, if you can do that without, like, getting fired by the government, Kelso, I'm in. Just let me know. Uh, he also says my house got hit with the flu and then strep, but we made the best of it. Yeah, that's a bummer. Uh, Jeff says my girlfriend was going to fly out of Dallas to Jackson today, but yesterday morning she just went ahead and canceled her flight and made the drive. Probably a wise decision. Derek in Greenwood says, Richard, luck does not appear to be on your side. Drive now. Uh, we get another message that says, drive in the long run, you will save time. That is from Mike. He goes on to say, don't wait, drive, and don't look back. Here's one, Borky. Absolutely. We charter all the time. Military. $90,000 one way to California. Heck yeah. Another You've way. got the money, honey. They've got the time. And hey, we're talking military. This is a government entity. They got the money, and if they don't, they'll just print more. As yeah. we've learned. Exactly. Listen Isn't that Ga- how it works? Listen to Gallo tomorrow at more 6. More on Gallo tomorrow at 6. Gallo in the morning. Uh, Richard, drive there and back with no delays. Hit the road like Hey Dad said. Oh, there are such things as delays on the road, too. Although, oh, there's delays, you won't have but... to deal with Atlanta. Which, by the way, I tell people, like I told Ole Miss fans, Go to the Georgia Tech game. You can have fun in Atlanta. Atlanta is a fun place if you make it fun. Don't watch the news. You can have fun in Atlanta. I want to rescind all of that. And not because I did anything in Atlanta other than driving through it. I, I swear, if you are wondering like my if, bad. if the divine is real, drive through Atlanta. And I will tell you Satan exists. That is proof right there. He's got his grip. On the city of Atlanta, because driving through it is proof that <laughs> that Lucifer himself is alive and well in this country, in the world. Thank you, Atlanta. <laughs> and the Falcons are there. I mean, what what more proof do we need? Mm, I hear you. Hey, my buddy William <laughs> sends me a text. He says, my flight at 5.50 a.m. this morning out of Jackson and the return on Thursday night were both canceled at 3 a.m. this morning. I went online to reschedule. Nothing was available. My wife and I are on I-20 in Funroe, also known as Monroe, driving and listening to Sports Talk Mississippi. My advice, get on the road, Richard. My daughter is a traveler, and she called us last night to warn us. William, safe travels to you and the missus. I look forward to seeing you in Houston one way or another. I do feel like I have the fact that tomorrow's game kicks off at 8 p.m. on my side. If this was an 11 a.m. kickoff, things would be getting a little squirrely right about now. Yeah. But plenty of time. The thing about Houston from Oxford, you don't ever, you talk about traffic, there's no traffic really until you get to Houston. Like, I mean, you got to go to Jackson, and that's really it. Like Monroe traffic, Shreveport traffic, not terrible. Then you got a big swath of Texas there. It's not that bad, though. Yeah. Do you get the 80 mile an hour speed limits? Or is that in Central or West Texas? Texas. Uh, No, that is absolutely in East Texas and Central Texas. They're all over. You can drive fast in Texas. And generally pretty flat also. So There's uh, there's one county in Georgia that decided Christmas is over. Sucks to be all of you guys. They had county sheriffs at every exit in the county pulling people over. Day after Christmas. Buddy in the Iberville says, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Richard, drive to Texas after work because the airport could be closed. Could be. 
Maybe it will be. Hey, we got football happening today. Uh, in case you have not been watching or keeping up, you uh, had a game earlier today, and um, it was it was good-ish, wasn't it? Yeah, Buffalo and Georgia Southern. Buffalo jumped out to a fourteen to six lead. Both teams scored on their last two drives of the first half. The difference was. Buffalo scored touchdowns. Georgia Southern kicked field goals. So it was 14 to 6 at the half. Uh, Georgia Southern outscored Buffalo 15 to 9 in the second half. And you had the always popular 23 to 21 final score. Buffalo finishing the season with a winning record. The Bulls go 7 and 6 with their bowl win. Currently, Memphis and Utah State are playing in Dallas, where the weather appears to be beautiful. Cool, but beautiful. Uh, and Memphis has a 17 to 3 lead over Utah State. Both of those teams 6 and 6. Good day so far throwing the football for Seth Hennigan. He is 10 of 15 for 175 yards with uh, two touchdowns in the game so far. Later tonight, Borky, this could be a good one. Coastal Carolina and East Carolina. Yeah. Still no destination for Grayson McCall by the way. That's interesting. Um as the portal word world turns the uh, Coastal Carolina quarterback, who I don't yeah. think would be playing anyway because of injury. Oh no, he isn't he playing in this game tonight? Uh, is he back? Well, that's cool. Uh, if, if he's in, yeah, he's playing. Um, but still has not decided where he's going yet. Which you know, options are kind of limited. So I mentioned this yesterday. There is not a bowl game that will have two more experienced quarterbacks than this one. If indeed Grayson McCall plays in the game. Holton Ayler is the all-time yardage leader, combined yardage leader in uh, the American Conference. Over, what he's over thirteen thousand yards passing and over a thousand yards rushing in his career. So, uh, really big numbers for uh, for him. We got more coming up with you. We'll talk a little bit about the uh, Texas Bowl, a little bit about the ReliaQuest Bowl, and more with you when we come back on Sports Talk Mississippi. is Sports Talk Mississippi right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. Wisconsin Oklahoma State is the fourth bowl game that's happening today. That's the guaranteed rate bowl at Chase Field in Phoenix. So hey, Late if you're one. you're stranded in Phoenix, just go to the college football game. My yeah. guess is that tickets are not terribly expensive for that game. Uh, they've tarped the like over half of the lower deck. So although they're, they're playing in the Diamondback Stadium, yeah. so cool visual there. Yeah, no doubt. You watch a college football game in a baseball stadium. Merry Christmas. 
got, uh, what, three of those happening this go-around? With the, uh, You already had the Fenway Bowl. You've got the Pinstripe Bowl coming up tomorrow. And uh, the, what is it called again? Guaranteed Rate Bowl. Yeah. Don't hate it. Yeah, not at all. Um, we talked some yesterday about the uh, the matchup between Ole Miss and Texas Tech. Guys, when you look at this, and, and hey, Dad and I did this some yesterday, but I, th- I think it's worth revisiting. Uh, again, probably largely a new audience today. If it's a repeat for you, sorry. Um, I think there are two questions, or there, there are two ways to look at the game, right? One, you're just looking at the matchup. Ole Miss against Texas Tech. Ole Miss's offense against Texas Tech's defense and vice versa, and how do the special teams perform? Like the stuff that we look at in every game. And then the second thing that you're looking at is motivation, effort, intensity, interest in being in the game. If this game had been played a month ago or three and a half weeks ago, I think that would have been a really valid concern. Texas Tech had won three straight to close out the regular seasons. Their fans were super excited. <clears throat> Ole Miss lost four or five to close out the regular season. It had all the stuff surrounding Lane Kiffin and the, the coaching carousel. And people were just generally disgruntled at the end of the season for lots of reasons, none of which were wrong, by the way. No, no reason for anybody to feel bad about being disgruntled if you're an Ole Miss football fan at the end of the year. And so if this had been a December 5th game or a December 10th game, I think you'd be pretty concerned about the whole motivation and the the interest in being there. But it's not. A little over a month after the regular season has ended, you've had a time to kind of get the bad taste out of your mouth. You've gone through National Signing Day. You've picked up some portal transfers. People have made it through the holidays. And Ole Miss has had zero opt-outs. And by all accounts, they've taken a very just kind of business-like, get-ready-for-the-game approach to this matchup with Texas Tech. And so I, I was I was on with Peter Burns and Alyssa Lang on SEC radio this morning. And I said, my thought is that motivation and wanting to be there is not an issue in this game. Could certainly be proven wrong, and we have thought that before watching teams all across the country only to go, whoo, there is one team that is fired up to be there and one team that cares nary. And sometimes you don't know that till you get into the game. But at least going into the game, it doesn't feel like that is the attitude that Ole Miss is taking into this ballgame with Texas Tech. Do you guys agree with that? doesn't sound like it. I listened to, to Lane Kiffin talk a couple of times and, and a couple of the players uh, as well. Zach Evans did say something funny, though. He's like, I mean, did we want to be at the Texas Bowl? No, but we're here. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for the candor. Thank you for the honesty. I appreciate that. I mean, when you're 7-0 and and in the top 10, the Texas Bowl is not the, the final destination, but I've maintained since the, this matchup was announced that despite it being the Texas Bowl and despite it being Texas Tech again, they, Link even kind of needs to, to go play well and win this one. And, and I, I used his name specifically because of everything you mentioned, the Auburn stuff and all that. This will do two things. Winning this game will let you go into an offseason with momentum. 
if the aforementioned Zach Evans returns, which, by the way, is a apparently a possibility, some people even think it's a likelihood. I don't know to go that far. That's not the advice I would give him, but he's not listening to me. Uh, you would return 3,000 rushing yards from the 2022 team for 2023. 3,000 rushing yards would return mm. to your team. So you could go into an offseason, you would get a metric ton of hype when you return quarterback, both of those running backs, both offensive tackles. Uh, you've portaled well at wide receiver, a bunch of guys coming back on defense, preseason top 15 somewhere. You would win 19 games in two years. It's happened only one time since 1962 in your program. Only Alabama and Georgia would have won more in the last two years. And things would feel less bad. You know what I mean? Losing to Mississippi State, not good. Losing four or five, not good. Winning nine games, portaling pretty well, bunch of dudes coming back, bunch of production coming back, ton of offseason hype, less bad. So winning this game would go a long way for that. If I'm being honest, hey, Dad, somewhere, if you're a Mississippi State fan, bubbling just below the surface, listening to Michael Borky say this, you, you would go, hmm, hold this exactly where it wants to be. Getting the hype train going into a new season. <laughs> there you go. I mean, <laughs> that's exactly what would happen, though. Yeah, now you're right. You're and the right. state I mean, fan listening knows hand. that I'm saying is gospel. They know that that's true. The hype train would roll, and they would hate it. It would. And, and on the other side of that coin, though, I mean, I made we believe jokes a, a few times this year. If you lose that bowl game, I mean, it's just a, it's just a carbon copy at that point. You went from seven and zero to eight and five. You lost to a. Uh, a, a poor team. I think they lost to a Northwestern team that wasn't very good in the Gator Bowl that year, a bowl they clearly didn't really want to be at. So for Ole Miss, this is a big game because obviously there's a difference between 9 and 14 and 5, but it's it's huge for Ole Miss this year. Because if they finish 8 and 5 and they lose 5 of their last 6, there's going to be a lot there's going to be people who are saying we really gave this guy a raise to 9 million dollars a year. 9 million to lose 5 to lose 5 of the last 6. This is what this is what we're paying nine million. That's a fair that's a fair comment. Mm-hmm. It really is fair, even though it's you know the salaries for next season. But if you win, you're right. A lot of a lot of the and I said that last year about state that you know they finished losing the egg ball and you were like, oh gosh, I just don't know. But if they had won that bowl game and finished eight and five, people would have felt different. I think yeah. winning the bowl game for state and Ole Miss this year is is very important because next season the West. It's actually a little open next season. It's it's a little bit open. Alabama, who's Alabama's quarterback next year? I don't know the answer to that question. I don't think he's on the roster. I do know that they won't be as good. He won't be as good as Bryce Young, whoever it is. Guaranteed. So, you know, at LSU, LSU is they went they had four losses this year. So I mean, they have they're beatable. Yeah, they won so the, the West, the, but they the, also the, lost to Florida State and Texas A and M. And yet, They're very similar. What did you say yesterday, hey, Dad? I would, I would vote them ahead of Alabama right this second. But LSU this year reminds me a lot of when State won the West in 98. They were State finished 8-3, and three, and they were just they, – they won the games they were supposed to win, but they were a beatable team at the same time. LSU's a beatable team. The West is open next year. Ole Miss or State could make a run. So you got to get that hype train going, though. you got to get some off-season momentum going to get people talking about you. Hey, good news. Mm. I got delayed again. No, 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 no. No, Cowboy just got to the house. He's about to fix the uh, water line for me. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. 
Yeah. All right. So one Things problem solved. Things are looking up. And and no more text messages about delays from uh, from American. I guess that is one right. good piece. I'm I'm not flying Southwest. Yeah. So yeah, fl- flying American, hoping for the best. I did see a screenshot yesterday from uh, the the barstool golf guy Riggs, mm-hmm. where he was getting updates from South. He was trying to uh, fly out of or into Phoenix. He he was dealing with the Southwest Phoenix stuff, and he screenshotted the the text message updates they gave him. His flight at 6.15 was delayed, right? They sent yeah. that message at 8.20. Like two hours after the flight was delayed is when they were updating him that his yeah. flight was delayed. So apparently the back-end IT infrastructure for Southwest is uh, was, was state-of-the-art in like 1994. There are a few things that have happened technologically since 1994. Like everything. Glad everything we, has. Glad we kept them afloat. Glad we, we, we needed to spend all that money to keep businesses that are failing models afloat. Yes. Great job, everybody. You remember how we communicated in 1994 through telephones yeah. that were in our house and the occasional wealthy person had one that plugged into the cigarette lighter in their car? Sure. Yeah. Remember South Central Bell? You remember how that worked? Yeah. Ma Bell. Yeah. Ma Bell. Uh, yeah. Hey, Richard. Ask Hey Dad who will be calling the plays offensively for Mississippi State in the bowl game. Do you know? Just curious. Jeff. I do know. I do know. Steve Spurrier Jr. will be the uh, play caller for this game. Sounded like you put an emphasis on that last part. For this game. There is an emphasis. Sports Talk Mississippi got another message that said Ole Miss is going to roll Texas Tech. I think that's happen. that is a possibility that is absolutely on the table. We'll be back right after this. What we're gonna do right here is go back. And now back to back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling on Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. You want to be a part of the conversation, you can uh, join us on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Apparently Southwest got about $5 billion in um, payroll support program money and CARES Act money. Oh, cool. <laughs> and did... Apparently nothing with it. Yeah, they were the first airline to post a quarterly profit after the initial issue. They had a $116 million profit uh, for the first quarter of 2021. Well, good so, for them. Yeah. I mean, that's two years ago. year and a half ago. Whatever. It's like if they had just used a little bit of that $5 billion to, to update the computer system. I mean, what would it have, like $100 million? 
feels like you get a lot of updated computer infrastructure for $100 million. Yeah, it does feel like that. Oh, well. I mean, I'm just kind uh, of thinking Great out use loud. of government money. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish they'd sling a few my way, honestly. If we're going to be handing it out. Yeah. Anyway. Um, hey. <laughs> I don't even know where to go right now. Well, um, mention the Ole Miss side of things. And I would like for us to expand on this uh, a little bit later, but just turning the page, the importance of the with all due respect to Mark Keenum's wishes, the Outback Bowl for Mississippi State. Not the ReliQuest Bowl. I will die on that hill. <laughs> it's, he, he can emphasize it all he wants. It's the Outback Bowl. Um, is this an important game for State, considering what, frankly, just what they've been through lately? Oh, Well, what they've been through is part of what makes it important. I mean... You've had the worst possible, one of the worst possible situations happen to your program. So to finish on a high note would be much needed at this point. And then, you know, from, from the, just from the football perspective, you finish nine and four, you bring back basically your entire, your team from, from to next season. And you've got a, a schedule that's workable that in the, as far as SEC schedules go, it's about as good as you could hope for. You should have some hype and some momentum going into next season if you finish 9-4. and four. You're going to be in the top 20 for sure and probably maybe top 15 at 9-4. and four. So a win would, would give you a lot of buzz, I think, and a lot of, of positive momentum. A loss, I mean, with everything that's happened in, over the past month, that would just be another, ugh. It would be a body blow. That you just, yeah, it would, it would just not feel good. You know, there there are a lot of people that might feel like an important question to ask about Mississippi State in the Outback Bowl is what can we learn about Zach Arnett and the future of Mississippi State football? And the answer to that is almost nothing. Yeah. Almost nothing. You can learn whether or not Zach Arnett has the ability to kind of rally the troops, get buy-in. But that's about it. Because Zach Arnett has not hired an offensive coordinator. What Mississippi State does offensively might be a glimpse, but that is all it will be, is a glimpse into the future of what Zach Arnett believes in, in terms of, Offensive identity? You're not going to revamp an offense in three weeks following the passing of the previous head coach for the sake of trying to win a bowl game because it's what you believe philosophically. And if you've somehow convinced yourself of that, well, you're a moron. (laughs) You're you're, you're also, if, if Mississippi, hey, Dad, if Mississippi State doesn't win this game, I'm standing by the word I used just a second ago. The only word, the only word that is acceptable is, oh, man, that was a bummer. Yeah. That's it. You can take nothing away either way. Nothing. 
Absolutely no. If Mississippi State wins this game by three or by 30, if they lose this game by three or by 30, you take nothing away other than man, the amount of effort that those guys put in to getting ready for that game under unimaginably difficult circumstances was absolutely outstanding. That's what you can take away from it. Yeah. And if it doesn't work out, then you're bummed for those guys who put everything they had into preparing for a pretty decent Big Ten opponent in Illinois. But that's it. Sports Talk Mississippi. Borky and Haydad are going to take you the rest of the way. I'm going to try and begin a travel journey, and we'll see how it turns out. I'll let you know if it's uh, if it's interesting or funny along the way. Uh, Get in the car. got you the best of the way, and I'll be with you for an hour or so tomorrow as well. Sports Talk Mississippi. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Here, Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah. Super Talk Mississippi. Well, Richard's gone. Means we're going to have a little fun. I'm just kidding. Although, somebody texted me and said, you guys said that I hit the transfer portal yesterday. Is that true? I don't remember saying that, no. That would have been a good joke. I mean, you know, a little low-hanging fruit, but still a good one. You're just trying to see what your true NIL value is. Exactly. Right now. I put my yeah. name in the portal. I'm willing to come back. Put your name in the team. portal. See what offers you can get. That's just smart business. Exactly. Uh, but you guys yesterday did not, uh, apparently did not make fun of me, which I appreciate, but also didn't do winners and losers. So let's go ahead so, and do that so, right now. But hold on. Does that mean that y'all did make fun of me while I was gone? No, although uh, there were a couple of times where it's like, where's Hey Dad? Oh, he's watching Chelsea. You know, that kind of stuff. Ah, they weren't bad, even playing. But... The first game back was today. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, shows how much we know, apparently. But let's do it. Send <laughs> yours in on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Your winners and losers from the Christmas weekend. All I do is win. We got winners. We got losers. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. Alright, what did you like? What did you not like from the weekend in sports or Christmas holidays? I've got a grievance to air with Danny Cannell, but that can wait for the losers segment. Let's start with winners. Hey Dad, what do you got? Uh, you know, we we got to go back in time a little bit, but Zach Arnett deserves a uh, uh, winner's uh, applause. T- to be able, you know, when, when Mike Leach passed away, obviously there was a lot of thought about recruiting and, and like, is, how is this class going to hold together and things of that nature. To completely hold the class together the way he did was very impressive. Only lost one commitment. It was a big one. I'm sad that Joe Crocker is gone because I was looking forward to, you know, years of making jokes about his about his name. But regardless, regardless, kept everybody in the boat 
And then on signing day to add three pretty good players, you know, Eric Taylor, Clear Clearmind's uh, full hearts, can't lose, got him out of uh, the junior college ranks. You lose Crocker, and then you go find a junior college offensive tackle, a four-star kid, and put him on, and then you win the battle for Isaac Smith that you had been fighting all year to get one of the state's top players and a guy maybe maybe likely to walk into your starting lineup as a true freshman. I thought last week was a good week for Zach Arnett. That that showed a lot of, of why I think he can be a successful head coach. It's still a long way to go before, before we get there, but week one of Zach Arnett's era at Mississippi State was a good one. In fighting off LSU, I, I love how that happened, by the way. So would you would call him the, the crown jewel in state's recruiting class, right? Easily, yeah. He's the best player. In state kid that Mississippi State beat out LSU for. Centarian Perkins, which, by the way, I guess that is the appropriate pronunciation. Forgive us, young man. I guess Holy cow, it's Centarian? I, I, I guess. Uh, but Perkins is the <laughs> the crown jewel in Ole Miss's class, a defender that they yeah. fought off Alabama for. Times, maybe. They're changing around here. That would be a good sign. My winner is false hope. You want to know why? Number one, after the Saints beat the Browns, I fired up the playoff predictor machine and was actually really excited about the possibility of a team whose coach I want to be fired making the playoffs. All we needed to make it realistic was Brady and the Bucks to lose in Arizona and to Trace McSorley. They should have, they didn't, so that false hope came and went pretty quickly. The Bucks have to lose the last two, the Saints have to win the last two. Don't really like the odds of that happening. However... The false hope with the Saints got fired back up. Jeff Duncan wrote, I think last week or even two weeks ago, that there was a growing thought that Sean Payton was open to returning to the Saints. More people keep talking about that. I know Mike Florio has a reputation, but still, ProFootballTalk.com of NBC Sports. Earlier this month, they say, we mused about Sean Payton and Tom Brady finally getting together in 2023, possibly with the Saints. While that remains a complete and total unknown, there's a growing school of thought in league circles that Payton, if he coaches in 2023, will return to the Saints. One source called it the worst-kept secret in league circles. So the Denver job is open. The Panthers job is open. As Mike Florio's source put it, Sean Payton is not going to Denver or Carolina. Now with the Chargers making the playoffs, that job isn't coming open. The only other potential destination would be the Cowboys if Dallas loses in the first round of the playoffs and Mike McCarthy gets fired. Brady plus Payton in New Orleans next year. The false hope that I needed this offseason. The false it should have been two years ago when we would have had a Super Bowl. Yes. Better late than never, I guess. Better. I like that. I can deal with that. It, I can deal with that. It makes sense if the jobs don't come open. If he wants to yeah. return to coaching and the jobs don't come open, he and Brady clearly want to coach slash play for each other. Clearly. They tried to they tried to orchestrate a coup in Miami and got caught. They they've demonstrated yeah. the desire. You can do that in in, uh, in New Orleans. The yes. Napoleonic Code has totally different rules. Absolutely. <laughs> He's a free no agent. He's a free agent. Coup is a French word. Yeah. L.A. may not come open. Dallas might not come open. Apparently doesn't want the Panthers' job and doesn't want the Broncos' job. 
So who would want the Broncos job right now? No. Talk about an anchor tied around your neck. Nobody wants that. So. Goodness gracious. All right, uh, you got another winner? Uh, yeah, I just right now, I mean, I I'll give you one. I thought that uh I thought that that uh Louisville in their bowl game. We got to go way back here. I know. But I wasn't here for those, so we're just going to do it. In a game where, 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 you know, everybody's with interim coaches and you don't know what's going on, to go out there and play well, Deion Branch, that's an interesting coaching idea in the future. You know, NFL yeah. guy, you know, Super Bowl winner, you know, obviously an alum. He's, you know, I think he, he showed on that in that game that he's a guy that I think will be in the head coaching ranks pretty soon. Uh, I thought Louisville played really well. I, I've enjoyed, you know, college football is always a winner. I've enjoyed the bowl games that I watch. I really enjoyed for some reason. Maybe I'm just a perverse guy, but watching Florida just get absolutely pounded and then having to kick the sad field goal to try to preserve their we haven't been shut out since the '80s streak was fantastic. I've just enjoyed it. I've enjoyed watching these games this week. So. I didn't know that was a thing. So Florida actually kicked a field goal to preserve a we haven't been they were, shut out. They were down thirty to nothing. They were down thirty to nothing, and they they had like twenty seconds left on the clock, and they kicked a field goal so they wouldn't get shut out. They haven't been shut out since before Spurrier was the coach, I believe. That's kind of a cool stat, but also a very pathetic way to. Preserve it's sad, it. right? Yeah, it's sad. They just couldn't go for a touchdown down thirty to seven with. You know, fifty seconds. Like, oh, I, well, that's just a loser. I'll save it. I'll save it for losers. Well, let's switch to that. Danny Cannell's a loser to me, and it's not just him. It's this this discourse that happens. I I don't like when people complain about things without offering some kind of solution or or, or further. So people complain about too many bowl games. He does it all the time, but that, that's all he says. So, for example, earlier today he said eight wins. Yes, eight should be required to play in a bowl game. That's all he says. Here's the thing, though. Uh, required by who? The NCAA doesn't oversee bowl games. The College Football Playoff Committee doesn't oversee bowl games. Bowl games are exhibitions put on by sponsors and television networks. That's what they are. So so who is going to require them to do that, number one? And number two, I'm kind of fed up with that, that, that discourse. Oh, bowl games should mean something. When have they? And, and let's be honest. Nobody in sports media took an economics class. You know why there's too many bowl games? Because idiots like us watch them. Bowl games are still today rating extremely well. Over a million people watched Southern Miss play Rice. When Southern Miss played on ESPN2 against Louisiana, 190,000 people watched that game. Okay, So when they were on ESPN2 during the season, on a, on a kind of a standalone slot, right? It wasn't a Saturday where all the games are happening. It was two college games and an NFL game on a Thursday night. 190,000 right. people watched it. They play a 5-7 and seven Rice team in a bowl game, does seven figures worth of numbers. The people watch these games. They rate well, therefore they exist because they make money. That's it. It's just economics, Danny. It's not honor. It's not anything. It's just simple, basic economics. That's it. I just don't get, I don't get how somebody who covers football can say I want less football. I want to do less, have less to talk about. Like I understand, like if you're just like a random fan, you're like, look, these teams suck. Why are we watching these games? I get it. Sure, that's fine. You cover football for a living. Yeah. You 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 are a college football analyst. 
How do you want less? You want the offseason to come quicker? What are we doing with our lives? I, I, I need I need games to talk about, sir. I don't want to talk about basketball just yet. More winners and losers when we come back. And yes, we will talk about basketball. Uh, sneaky, huge game coming to this state here soon. We'll be right back. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. <laughs> On Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you, Haydad. You said you had another loser. Mel Kuyper Jr. Yeah. Saw a graphic from last night's uh, Monday night game. His top four quarterbacks in the draft. Two and three were fine. Bryce Young at two. And uh, C.J. Stroud at three. Will Levis one. Anthony Richardson four. What? I, I can't go any further with the Will. I cannot go another step with the Will Levis is good hype. All right. We've seen what happened with Zach Wilson this year, right? The guy who couldn't do anything, but then, oh, against air, he threw the ball 70 yards against his body. Great. Good for him. If, you know, there are air guitar competitions too, so maybe you can compete in those. Will Levis, if, if he is a successful NFL quarterback, it'll be the most surprising thing that I can remember in recent memory. I understand Josh Allen has everybody looking for the next Josh Allen. Maybe he's just a unicorn. And then Anthony Richardson, don't even get me started. I mean, this guy is like not even the homeless man's Cam Newton. All right? He's like the homeless man's Chris Ralph. He's he not Utah that good. That night, though. He'd be if they, if they had just lost that game, nobody is talking about Anthony Richardson doing anything. Some two NFL GMs are going to get fired because they drafted Will Levis and Anthony Richardson in the first round, and they wonder two years later why they're three and fourteen. And shame on Mel Kiper for buying into this hype. Oh, Shay, I can believe, but you, Mel, come I, on. Aside from height, not hype. Height, H-E-I-G-H-T. What is one thing on the football field that Will Levis does better than Bryce Young? One, I I would love to sit Mel Kuyper down, all of these guys, and say, name me one thing on the football field that Will Levis does that is better than Bryce Young. One thing. And the thing I... I I've, I've said it a few times. Like I don't understand. I never once this year watching Kentucky play, and I watched a few of their games... Heard anybody criticize Will Levis? There was never like, well, he had an open receiver there and just didn't hit him. Not a great. I mean, it was always like, look at that arm. And he overthrow an open receiver by five yards, but he threw it far. So let's Dude, let's hype him up. A, I, a draft analyst at the Athletic, not Dane Brugler, uh, for what it's worth, shared a clip from the old Miss Kentucky game and and said, yeah. "This is why scouts love Will Levis." It was it's an incomplete, incomplete pass. Yeah, he overthrew he Barry and Brown by two, like, like seriously, like two steps. I mean, just wasn't close. Didn't hit his hands or anything. Just an overthrow incomplete. That's why scouts love him. 
You're talking about yeah, in the NFL, it's, it's cr- where quarterbacks have to be as precise as possible. 40-yard passes, a receiver is open if he has like six inches of space from a defensive back, and that is why scouts love him? It's fine, though. Whoever's going to pick him. I just him. don't understand. So who will that be I'm glad the point? Saints Houston? don't have a... a I, I'm just glad the Saints don't have a first-round pick because I, I would fear Will Levis being a Saint. But, yes, Houston has the first pick. Surely somebody there is smart enough to go, guys, we're not gonna we're not gonna fall into the Zach Wilson trap. We're taking Bryce Young. Leon <laughs> Starkville says uh, all that matters is hand size. Don't you guys know anything about good quarterbacks? Chasing Columbus says we are getting closer to embracing the fact that there's more to quarterback valuation than size and pure arm strength. And then Josh Allen happened, and we're right back to it. Yep. And it's, it's awful. It's just awful. And it, it's not. I mean, it, Kentucky's not like a football factory by any stretch, but the, the selling point was Josh Allen's running an NFL offense, right? That was one thing. He also had right. a very good running back room and very good wide receivers, and was a turnover machine. At least Josh Allen had to deal with Wyoming players in mean, a Wyoming system. You know, if you watched Kentucky, they never just put the ball into Will Levis's hands and said, "Go win us the game." That's supposed to be the first pick in the draft. Did did I mean when when Eli Manning was at Ole Miss, David Cutcliffe put the ball in Eli Manning's hands and said, "Go get us the game." You know when when Sam Bradford was at Oklahoma, when Tim Tebow who wasn't the first pick, but when you have an NFL quarterback, when you have an elite quarterback, you just put the ball into his hands and say, "Go win the game." They never did that at Kentucky. Never. There's not one game where you can point and go, "Will Levis won this game for Kentucky." And there's a reason for that. But, but some... Uh, I, I would love to know what uh, our buddy John Harris's unfiltered thoughts are on the possibility of him ending up... We need to have him on. Houston. We really need to have him on. Yeah. Where, so we, we need to get him on soon. Let's pretend that Houston takes him at one. Mm-hmm. If you're whoever's drafting number two, regardless of your situation, you have to. Draft Bryce Young, don't you? I mean, unless it's the Bears. Yes. Yeah, unless it's a team that's you know, unless it's the Bears, and then you can you can trade down. But yes, you 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 thank the. Uh, I mean, somebody somebody brought this up today. I saw uh, I think it was a TikTok that said last year we and, and this happens every season it seems. Last year, throughout the season, everybody's like, the number one pick in the draft is Kayvon Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau, freak athlete. And then as you got closer to the draft, ah, he's too raw. He's too raw. He's too raw. And then what do the Jaguars do with the first pick? They take an even more raw guy. And guess who's probably going to be defensive rookie of the year? Kayvon Thibodeau. Imagine that. It's like sometimes just sometimes you just have to watch the film. Watch the games and say, how did that turn out? People, I mean, the NFL draft to me is the ultimate of smart guys outthinking themselves. Yeah. So it's, it's every year. Houston one currently, Chicago two. They're mm-hmm. not drafting a quarterback. They can trade back for that, I no. suppose. Seattle three. Now give Bryce Young those weapons and buddy. Yeah. Seattle's in a great spot. I guess that's from Denver. That's from Denver. 
Yeah, Yikes. that's a great <laughs> spot for, for them to get Bryce Young. Oh, my goodness, yeah. <laughs> the Broncos stink. They DK fired Metcalf their coach, and, and the number three pick is off to Seattle. Trying to think who the Bears would draft. Do you draft? Uh, I don't know who the top offensive lineman in this draft is. Do you, do you get somebody to protect Justin Fields, or do Got you to. do you trade back and and and? Or, I mean, can you trade back and you know get some some value for that pick because you don't want a quarterback there? You know, maybe there's some sucker who wants Will Levis real bad and is wanting to come up and get him. Very excited to see the uh, the the Saints give up uh, their pick, their number ten pick, which would have been in a pretty decent spot to get somebody like C.J. Stroud. Instead, that's off to, yeah. to Philly, so that's exciting. To Philly, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. we did get a good player out of it at least. Chris Olave is a good player. Yeah, he's a great player. He'll be fine. Might be offensive rookie of the year, honestly. With 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 Brady next year and Peyton, he'll be fine. Exactly. See, see now. See what's what we got to think about. That's how we have to think. About, that's how we have to think about things. Chase Namry says I would take Cam Rising over Anthony Richardson ten out of ten times, and Ooh. Rising lost to him, and probably will be a fourth or fifth round pick. We'll talk about that here coming up after this, actually. So a high profile college quarterback that I've bragged on on this show quite often has hit the transfer portal. By the way, he already knows where he's going. Um. Hmm, this super fine academic institution engaged in tampering? How dare they? But there's an interesting thing happening in college football, and I think if you want to spin it, it has a direct benefit. Because guys like this, guys like Devin Leary, who's already in the portal, where's he going? It was supposed to be Florida. That fell through. It was going to be Auburn. That fell through. Either way. guys like Kentucky. He went to Kentucky. That's right. So guys like him. Yeah. Instead yeah. of getting drafted in the sixth or seventh round or maybe the fifth round, are going to stay in college, probably make more money than they would have as a rookie. Direct benefit to the sport, I think. We'll talk about that when we come back. High-profile quarterback in the portal off to a big college football brand. Not Alabama. They still might be shopping around. A couple more of your messages uh, we get a funny one here. Like I've always said, size doesn't matter. True. <laughs> I get uh, Yes. Yeah. Yes. 100% agree. Man's man right there. Mike in Grand Bay says, I can remember when I could count the number of bowl games on both hands and feet with some digits left. Now a supercomputer can't count high enough. Mike, we love you and we appreciate you listening to our show, but if you need a supercomputer to count to 40, it's kind of kind of a you problem, not so much the, the bowl game problem, my friend. It's just it's just fingers and toes twice. Josh and Laurel says if Danny Cannell says that the opposite is true. We've gotten a Agreed. few messages today. I've gotten a couple of messages myself as well asking about uh, our Jackson station. The smart people are working on it. It's uh, a combination of a few things that caused... So a, not me and Borky. Not us. It's not our fault. There's nothing on this board that I can touch that will take the Jackson station off the air. It's, as you can imagine... Um, the, the smart people are on it, and they're, they're trying and working hard. They were working on it yesterday. Guys that I assume would have had time off this week can't take it anymore because they're working to get that station up. So we know we're aware. The smart people are aware they're working on it. But we'll talk about that high-profile college football quarterback in the portal. Already knows where he's going, or at least reportedly. We'll talk about that when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi. 
on Super Talk Mississippi. The official pro- apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi's Gen Teal. Go to genteelapparel.com. Hit the collegiate tab, you see. Old Miss, Mississippi State, Auburn, even Louisiana. All kinds of colleges there. But, hey, look, football season's almost over anyway. Old Miss is a game tomorrow night. Southern Miss is done. Mississippi State will come up on Monday morning, but you still have basketball. You want to wear your team colors for your basketball games, right? And then, of course, baseball season right around the corner. Gentealapparel.com. You can order straight off the website, or it even has a convenient map to show you where all the uh, uh, partnered retailers are across the state and the south. They are all over the country and growing rapidly. Gentealapparel.com. I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian. Hey, Dad. Sam Hartman, Wake Forest's Sam Hartman, who has thrown for 12,967 yards at Wake Forest and 110 touchdowns, officially entered the transfer portal today. Hasn't officially announced his destination, but apparently, according to Pete Thamel, uh, he entered the portal with the intention of transferring to Notre Dame not to be the next starting quarterback at Notre Dame for his final season of college eligibility. Now, but how do you... Wait wait a second. How do you hit the portal knowing... There's no way a fine academic institution like Notre Dame would ever stoop to the level of the dirty and rotten and corrupt SEC and tamper with a player at a different school, would they? No, not Notre Dame. I liked what Shannon Terry of On3 had to say about tampering today. He said, everybody's talking about tampering, everybody's talking about tampering. But he said 90% of the tampering is from the other side. It's representatives of the player reaching out to the schools and saying, hey, my guy's interested, would you be? I mean, do we really believe that in the final couple of weeks of the season – trying to maintain the number one ranking that Kirby Smart was really sitting down and going, we've got to get Ra-Ra Thomas. Do we, do we really believe that? No. But Ra-Ra Thomas was clearly unhappy in Starkville and wanted to get out. And so he had his people, his maybe a, a parent, maybe a, a relative, maybe just somebody he knew that was close enough to the Georgia program to say, Hey, if if this if he comes eligible, if he if he goes in the portal, would you guys be interested? And when he got the answer he wanted, he hit the portal. And he did the same for Tennessee and for Auburn and for Ole Miss and for others. And he ends up at Georgia. And so I, that's very believable to me. That you know, the idea that that Lane Kiffin, who is the, the he's the portal king, and with everything that was going on in the final few weeks of the season, I'm supposed to believe he was talking to Chris Marshall and Trey Harris and going, "Hey, when this is over." You're coming. No, he had enough on his plate trying to coach games and figure out if he wanted to go to Auburn or not. He wasn't doing that, but their people were reaching out. That makes a ton of sense to me. So in this instance, yes, I think Sam Hartman's people have reached out to Notre Dame and said, if he's inter- if he cuts in, would you be interested? And Marcus Freeman, being a smart person, said abso-freaking-lutely. And now Notre Dame will be should be a team to watch next season. Yeah, no doubt. Um 
Two things. One, Notre Dame has actually elevated their recruiting prowess under Marcus Freeman compared to, to Brian they have, Kelly. Big time. Now, Brian Kelly's recruiting well at LSU, so, you know, whatever. I don't know if it's an indictment on Kelly, more so a, a praise on It's an interesting Freeman. conundrum. Like, he didn't recruit that well at Notre Dame, but then when he left, he started recruiting well at LSU, where you should recruit well. Yeah. But Notre Dame got better, too. I think Marcus Freeman's just more of a, a great recruiter. And I think Brian Kelly's a, a probably a good recruiter, but being at LSU just elevates you. You it's hard not to recruit well at LSU. So Notre Dame gets this this high quality transfer. But I, I do think there's a bigger conversation to be had here about what this kind of stuff means for college football. Now, if you're a Wake Forest fan today, you're pissed, and you should be, because here's the guy that's been at your school and he's been really good for you, and him coming back would be great for Wake Forest next year. Same thing with NC State. Leary's been there a long time, played a lot of football. It didn't stay healthy this year, but would have been really helpful for you next year. That stinks that that he's leaving, but it's better for college football when really good quarterbacks that may not have like NFL first-round potential are sticking around. Like Shibway at Kentucky. He wasn't going to be playing. He's not a first-round caliber NBA player. He'd be playing for the Birmingham Squadron right now. Or at least last well, year he wouldn't that, have been. But okay. hey, that's why he came okay. back. He wouldn't have been a first-round pick. He didn't stay in college because he loves I don't, it. I don't, I, I, well, I mean, he got a lot of NIL money, too. Well, that. And he probably got as close as you can be comparably. But regardless, I see what you're saying. These two guys, that Leary and Hartman, could have entered their name in the draft. I think both mm-hmm. of them are better than Will Levis, personally, but they were not going to be Will Levis. Fifth, yeah. sixth round pick, uh, teetering on Mr. Irrelevant. Brock Purdy, <laughs> shout out to him, playing well. But instead, Notre Dame's people are going to pay Sam Hartman a good bit of money. Probably more money than he would have gotten being a practice squad guy for the Vikings or whoever would have picked him up late in the draft. Same thing with Devin Leary. Really good college quarterback. Might end up working out in the pros. Brady was a good but not great college quarterback. It worked out for him. There are stories like that. But I imagine Kentucky is going to pay well, him really well. Don't put any pressure on the kid there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Tom Brady was a late round pick. How you can do it? Yeah. But, but he's the outlier. And there are yeah. more Sam Hartmans and Devin Learys that get picked up and they go somewhere and they don't work out and they get traded and they hit the press. Ian Book. Do you know where Ian Book's playing? You might, but you, the listener. Really good college quarterback at Notre Dame. Do you know where he is right now and what he's doing? He's Gardner Minshew's back up in Philly. So when Jalen Hurts is healthy, Ian Book's on a practice squad. So instead of that being these two guys' fate, they're staying in college football. They're getting paid, which I support. That's fine. Some of you don't. That's also fine. But college football gets another year of Sam Hartman. College football gets another year of Devin Leary. Instead of them being a sixth-round pick and ending up on a practice squad, bouncing around a few places, never to be heard from again. I think this is a net positive for the sport of college football Keeping good quarterbacks, I, I, especially quarterbacks because it is the most important position on the field, around longer instead of just, well, i got nowhere else to go. Might as well get in the draft and never to be heard or seen from again. 
I think this is a net positive. I think. I'm going to agree with you. I will agree with you. I, you know, and and if if you're a, a fan of Wake Forest or a fan of of, uh, of NC State, yeah, it it, kinda, it sucks. But it's a double-edged sword, and it, and we're all hypocrites in it. The same ones who complain about it are also the ones cheering and excited when they get a transfer. You know, it's all, oh, that guy quit on us. Well, didn't this guy who's coming to play here quit on his team? Well, that's different. No, it's it's the same. It's the same. So we're all hypocrites in it. We, You know, nobody wants to lose their guys, but everybody wants to get new guys. This is just how it goes. It hurts when you lose one of your stars, but... Unfortunately, that is just the nature of the beast right now. And, uh, you know, it's adapt or die. NC State is still going to, you know, be a good football team. Dave Doran is still a good football coach. They'll be fine. Former Ole Miss head coach Dave Doran. And they will, they'll win games next year and everything will be okay. Former Ole Miss head football coach Dave Doran will never not be funny to me. Uh, it's always funny. Yeah. I, I did hear that, that exact take over, <laughs> uh, Christmas. Um, the, I don't want that player to come back because he's a quitter. And also mm-hmm. the same person talk about how excited they are about a transfer portal addition. Same person. Exactly. And it's a, it's exactly. A, it's an Ole Miss fan. And you, this is this is every – I'm not calling out Ole Miss fans, whatever. But when – Well, I mean, when, you said the same thing about state fans with, with Dylan Johnson and Ra Ra Thomas. Oh, well, didn't need them anyway. Easily replaceable. You know, wouldn't want them back, wouldn't bring them back. And then, you know, somebody else comes in. Oh, man, this guy's going to be great. Yeah. Same guy said he didn't want Breedlove back because he's a quitter. I didn't want him. He wanted to leave the team. He shouldn't have to be convinced to want to play here. And the same guy bragging on the two wide receivers that they got over Christmas. The same guy. I mean, they quit on Te- – oh, one good. Didn't quit on Texas A&M. Uh, but right. the other one quit on Louisiana Tech after almost a 1,000-yard season. Yeah. Me and Richard had a, a moment of clarity or a moment of realization yesterday that, you know, we made fun of uh, those guys who got suspended at Texas A&M a great deal on this program. And now <laughs> Richard has to be in the position of, hey, looking forward to seeing that guy on the field. The, I, on the other hand, continue to make fun of him, so it's great. The it alleged infraction is legal in most places now. so <laughs> Not in know. the locker room. <laughs> Not not in the game. <laughs> make I understand if you need to unwind after. Doesn't make you un. Nobody tell Gallo about about the alleged infraction. Let's just put it that way. Mm. Wait a minute. What, what did that kid who transferred do? What what, what was he involved with? <laughs> Marijuana. Uh, allegedly. That that not not Alleg- confirmed. Allegedly. Allegedly. But uh, anyway. Six year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. If you want to be a part of the show, that's how you do it. There's a column I'm going to read to you guys here in a little bit. The most ridiculous college football take you've probably ever heard. We'll get to that later on in the show as well. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be back. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. Triple Eight Eight Zero Eight Eight Six Three Seven on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey! Hey! 
by the way, is going to be captivated at 8 o'clock tomorrow night. You got the Ole Miss fans oh, watching we got football. got a lot going on. You got the state fans watching basketball. Which, by the way, I saw a Mississippi State team bus uh, <laughs> just outside of Birmingham driving east yesterday. Where? What? Who would that have been? That was probably uh, probably like managers and trainers heading down to Tampa. Okay, because that's what I thought. I looked at the schedules. I was like, wait, I know the basketball teams, so it's not them, unless they're just wanting no. to check out Tuscaloosa for next year. So I, I was having a hard time thinking who that, that could have been. So anyway, yeah, saw that's, them. That's probably who that is, yeah. Gave, gave a quick honk. They didn't honk back. I don't know. We are driving like 80 on they the highway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. big one tomorrow night. I saw under 500 tickets uh, available uh, for that game in Starkville. Yeah. I love to see that. Love to see it. I, I hope we get that kind of crowd because it, 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 it deserves it. It's a top 25 matchup. <laughs> two, two, you know, good teams. You talk about a contrast in styles too. Alabama loves to run, get up and down the court, shoot the three ball, and State basically just wants to have a mud fight with everybody. Um, Alabama's not a bad defensive team. They give up seventy-two points a game. State gives up twenty points per game less. Wow. I mean, State's only giving up fifty-two points a game on the season right now. So, contrasting styles. Looks like it's going to be a pretty good crowd. I'm I'm excited to see what happens. You know, State has put itself in the best possible position here in the, in the out of conference play. Uh, they just got to handle their business in conference, be close to 500 when it's all done, and they'll probably be in the NCAA tournament. Fans are going to disagree with this take. I don't think like maybe this isn't actually true, but when I think about this game, it's like I don't know if they they quote unquote have to win to keep momentum. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a top-ten I mean, team first coming two to your games place. Are, if, if you can yeah. just show that, Your first that, two hey, games are against top-ten teams. Yeah. First two conference games. You have Alabama, and then you're at Tennessee. If you're 0-2 in those games, as long as you play well, you're, you're okay. But then when you play Ole Miss, you have to beat them. Yeah. With you have to beat them on the seventh. There's, just no, there's no getting around that. If you're going to make the tournament, you got to beat Ole Miss. I mean, I mean, there's... The SEC play is going to improve their, their metrics, but as of a few days ago, they were in the 90s. In the net, that is that is not a loss. Yeah. That and especially considering, even though Chris Jans or Coach Jans, um, it's a new era. Still struggle to beat Ole Miss lately, it just for whatever reason mm-hmm. it has not. But but this year, if you can't get them this year, you might never. So th- this is the I've team said it so many times with Howland. He would have momentum. He'd be on the verge of getting people to maybe buy back in a little bit, and then he drop the game. He drops that first game of the conference play to Ole Miss, and at the, all the air goes out of the balloon, and you're just rolling the stone back up the hill again. Uh, Jans can't do that. Got got to beat Ole Miss, get everybody excited, and then you go from there into conference play. The the, the conference is, I mean, you talk about some haves and have nots. You've got six teams in the top. Or I think you got seven teams in the top 45 of net. Missouri is actually in the 40s. Um, and then everybody else is 80 or below, all the way down to South Carolina, who I think is 270. Ooh. I mean, they're down there with the the, the SWAC and MEAC teams that end up being, where the conference champion is still the 16 seed in the NCAA tournament. Yikes. Uh, for what it's worth, shout out to Thea DeRosa for this. Uh, Fox Sports is projecting at the moment, there's a lot of basketball to be played, but still, uh, that State would be a five seed in the NCAA tournament. 
opposite the 12 Southern Miss. We'll have a lot of fun on that week oh, if that man, is indeed that the matchup. Great. Me and me and uh, me and Luke Johnson have to make a bet: Restaurant Tyler versus uh, versus uh, Crescent City Grill. You know what would be really stupid though, and very NCAA mm. to have that matchup and it be played in like San Jose, California. Yeah, get that game in in, in Birmingham or Memphis or something. Yeah, even Dallas. Like people will travel to that one. Yeah, where you can get to it. Yeah, exactly. But you know they're going to do something stupid like that. How, no, how great be, is they'll this? They'll be in the though? West Regional, yeah. I, I mean, and I know people <clears throat> just gravitate towards football regardless, but state fans on December 28th have a huge game to be locked in on. Two ranked yeah. teams. That, that, I, I never, love this stuff, man. Never would have guessed. I'll have to have never it on TV, guessed. too, because football takes precedent, of course. But I'm looking forward to this game tomorrow. And, by the way, Ole yeah. Miss also plays Tennessee tomorrow, and... Uh, they need to show some. Yeah, if you're, life if you're wanting ASAP. to listen to Thunder and Lightning live tomorrow, you're going to need the app or to listen online or something or watch it on Super Talk TV because no local affiliates will be available to you with Ole Miss basketball, Ole Miss football, and Mississippi State basketball all happening at the same time. You should at least get the last half hour of this show. Yeah. And then football. I think that's great. Football's going to ruin you. Yeah, maybe, maybe the coast has some. Might still have us, but that's it. It's all right. We'll upload it in podcast yeah. form, of course. Absolutely. The worst sports take that I've ever read. I want to read to you because I have a hard time believing it's real, but it was posted in a major newspaper in this country. I can't wait to read it to you when you come back. The worst sports take I've read, at least this year, when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team with live reports from games and practices, plus exclusive interviews. Weekday afternoons starting at 3 on supertalk.fm, the Supertalk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. Almost running out of time. Just let it go. It takes too long. Let me see if I can get a beer and a kendo stick real quick. There we go. Michael Borky, Brian Haydad with you on a, what day is it? It's Tuesday, right? Tuesday, December 27th, just one day before the Tax Act Bowl in Houston. Ole Miss and Texas Tech. Mississippi State's got a few more days until they play in the Relia Quest Bowl, a.k.a. the Outback Bowl, at least what we grew up <laughs> on anyway, down in Tampa against mm-hmm. Illinois. Again, I'm Michael Borkey's Brian Haydad. The worst take in sports history. Might be a little hyperbolic. Maybe there's been worse. I don't know if there has been more. Sanctimonious isn't the right word. More whiny. I think oh. this is the whiniest sports take 
ever. And this I'm, is very, uh, very elitist. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So, but let's let's remind everybody that this is the college football fix, driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer, Richard Cross, not having to drive to Houston, although that may have been a possibility. Had he done that, he would have been comfortable and quiet and smooth. Would you, would you rather drive a fully loaded Ford F-150 for nine hours or be on a plane for two hours? Ooh. I'm talking about like you're in coach. Not not great. And you got to deal with everything about being at the airport as well. Am I elbow room? And am I on Southwest? I mean, I'm just saying, I think I'd rather just be a fully loaded where I can have my own music playing. And I've got you know the ability to stop. I I think I'm I'm, I'm taking the Ford. No questions asked. The F one fifty, America's best selling truck for almost five decades. America, test drive one this weekend at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. All right, no more delay. Joe Matthews, columnist for the San Francisco Chronicle, wrote this today. The Rose Bowl is dead. Humanity will soon follow. Here's the column. It's going to be a lot of reading. I'm sorry. This is just too good for me to pass up. This ran in the San Francisco Chronicle and other California newspapers today. The Rose Bowl game, an annual sports spectacle embodying cherished California conceptions of beauty and inclusion, is dead. It was 121 years old. The cause of death was our winner-take-all culture. In Pasadena, the hometown of your columnist, city officials remained in denial, claiming that the Rose Bowl was very much alive after all. The old stadium and the Arroyo Seco, I guess is what that is, I don't know, is still called the Rose Bowl and will host college football playoffs for years to come. But the Rose Bowl itself, the postseason football game pitting top teams from the West and the East, is no more. Ever-changing California has lost a rare and reassuring New Year's tradition. Once considered cutting-edge, for example, the game was the first sporting event ever broadcast on transcontinental radio because people care about that in 2022. The Rose Bowl represented values so old-fashioned that they now seem even foreign. I I have a question. I hate to interrupt you, but I have a question. Do you think that in uh, the year... 2150, someone will be lamenting the end of whatever the bowl is that Barstool's doing because it was the first one ever streamed at Barstool.com? <laughs> That's the same thing as what was just written right there. Go ahead. The Rose Bowl represented values so old-fashioned that they now seem even foreign in our angry nationalist age. Today, Americans are bitterly divided by politics, region, and identity. Our systems and everything from business to government spread division through competitions that identify an uber winner, making everyone else a loser. I use Lyft. The Rose Bowl incubated a different tradition of college football bowl games that brought together Americans from different regions. (laughs) This bowl system... Thank you. Headline by the Rose Bowl. Thank you for uniting America, Joe. Yeah, thank you. Joe has united America in its hatred of him. (laughs) Headline by the Rose Bowl produced many winners rather than just one. 
champions of the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Orange Bowl, and so on, could each claim a share of a mythical national championship. I'm sorry. But such a unifying, democratic-minded spirit couldn't long survive our cutthroat country. Television executives and football-playing universities believe they could draw bigger audiences and make more money by establishing a college football playoff system. The Rose Bowl and other bowls resisted a playoff for decades. Because apparently, according to this guy, the Rose Bowl was not in it for the money. Anyway, but in the 21st century, the pressure for a playoff grew. President Barack Obama taking time from building systems of mass surveillance and deportation, even lobbied for a winner-take-all national football playoff, arguing, Hold on! He's anti-Obama, this, this from guy. from San Fran, and he's anti-Obama. Yes, he is. What kind of world are we living in? <sighs> this guy is the strangest bird I've ever seen. Go ahead. Arguing, quote, if you've got a bunch of teams who play throughout the season, and many of them have one loss or two losses, there's no clear divisive winner. End quote. Uh... Very common, just easy, like rational thought there from the former president. That just kind of makes sense in a lot of ways. Anyway, in 2014... Say what the, you want about Obama. You can't disagree with that one. Can't disagree That's with one that we're one. all going to mind. In 2014, the Rose Bowl surrendered and agreed to become part of the playoff system. Surrendered. The Rose Bowl negotiated a deal preserving its East-West tradition in part most years. It could pit a Pac-12 and Big Ten champion, but every third year it would instead host a playoff semifinal. And oh, by the way, the Rose Bowl hosted one of the greatest college football games of of all time in this era. And then also in 2005 when it was the... Anyway... Didn't have a Big Ten team in that one either. No, I imagine that. In 2022, television companies and the college football conferences moved to expand the playoffs from four teams to 12 to make more money. The Rose Bowl resisted this push but had little leverage. So the Rose Bowl signed its own death warrant, giving up not only its traditional East-West matchup, but also its traditional time on the afternoon of New Year's Day. Instead, the Rose Bowl will be one of the playoff games, likely a quarterfinal. The, the officials and city leaders have shamelessly spun the death of their traditional game as some kind of victory. More tourists might come to our hometown because of greater excitement around a playoff, they've said, but that's nonsense. No, that will absolutely happen. Uh, Pasadena needed to keep a college football game because it needs the revenues from the broadcast to help fund the Rose Bowl parade. If that met jetsoning the Rose Bowl in favor of hosting a playoff quarterfinal, as seems likely... They were willing to do it. Some of you may think that your columnist has lost perspective when it comes to this hometown tradition. It's only a game, right? But it is you who has lost perspective. I read the loss of the Rose Bowl through the work of the French philosopher Jean-Pierre Dupuis, a longtime Stanford Dupuis. professor and a long friend and mentor to former Governor Jerry Brown. Dupuis is a self-described enlightened doomsayer. A philosopher of the apocalypse, he argues that humanity is on a suicidal course, headed straight for catastrophe. Why? Because we don't respect the sacred things. We grow through limits, and in doing so, we produce constant calamities and catastrophes and unleash violence. The Rose Bowl is one such sacred ritual that inspired togetherness. Its death takes us one step closer to the end of the world. Okay. I had to read the whole thing. I'm sorry. I had to. You know, you're, you were you were right to do so. 
Uh, first off, I, what that Frenchman actually said was, Qu'est-ce que c'est le Rose Bowl? <laughs> uh, secondly, secondly, this is a guy that clearly likes the parade more than the game, right? There's Without no question. The, when you say the Rose Bowl to this person, he thinks about the parade first and the game second. <laughs> I, I've, what drivel? Right? Look, the guy is clearly smarter than me, right? I, I can tell from from listening to you read his article that that guy is a more intelligent person than me, which makes it sad that he's such a dummy. I mean, how <laughs> is it possible to be that smart and that stupid at the same time? It feels like it should be a, 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 not possible. It feels like being fat and skinny at the same time. Like, it doesn't work. Like, you're, so you're clearly intelligent. You have a, a good mind, and yet you have clear. I mean... Never mind miss the forest for the trees. You've missed the earth for the solar system here. That's how badly you're, you're off target on this one. The cause it's of, incredible. The cause of death, he the says, is our winner-take-all culture, which has been a Two thing. years from now, when the Antichrist is on the throne, we're going to be like, what? How did we get to this point? And one man's going to say, the Rose Bowl. <laughs> Oh, man, Sports Talk Mississippi. How, More with you when we come possible? back. I have no idea. Our winner-take-all culture. How dare us. America. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices, plus exclusive interviews with coaches, players, and legends from the past. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Borky and Brian Haydad with you. I after reading that ridiculous. You know that is. Uh, you know that is singing. No, that's Chris Jericho. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. All I know is it's a band called Fozzy. Yeah, it's his band. Yeah. Nice. Didn't know that. That's cool. I like the sound. Yeah, um, yeah it's a good. Uh, that's a good band. Check them out. After reading that uh, that that column earlier today. Uh, and after I had to collect myself from laughing, uh, because the the winner-take-all culture that's destroying America. Uh, using that as an example of sports kind of funny. So did you know that we can trace organized sports back over 15,000 years? Oh, yeah, I'm sure we can. There are, <clears throat> there are cave drawings in France that depict wrestling matches that are over 15,000 years old. I didn't know wow. that. Isn't that crazy? We've been standing around Some watching dudes. of Andre the Giant. Yeah. And we still do that to this day. I mean, football is just glorified wrestling when you think about it. At least the guys in the line of scrimmage it's, it's, are. It is our gladiators. It is our Christians and lions. You know, nobody has to die at the end of it, thankfully. They could, but, you know, thankfully it's not part of the game. It's, it's not how you determine the winner. Was that reporter born stupid, or did he just get that way over time? I, well, I thought I thought this person from Fortenberry Physical Therapy, educated beyond his intelligence. That's that is accurate. Yeah, that is somebody who they they heard the, the words, but they don't have enough brain to really understand what they heard. I have that problem every day. 
But at least I don't take it as far as this gentleman did. There's some rich irony in the guy that lives in Pasadena, California, saying that the best thing about college football was that everybody gets a trophy at the end of it. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody wins. It's great. Why are we getting rid of that? (laughs) I, 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 I really am. I am both appalled and yet it's hilarious. And it always cracks me up, the the whole, we don't need to keep score. I've learned there are parents that want their kids in, like, soccer leagues where they don't keep score because that's not what's important. Uh, A friend of mine's seven-year-old is is in a soccer league, and they don't keep score. (laughs) And and guess what she does every single game, despite them not keeping score? score. She keeps score. She knows who wins and who loses. I mean, come on. That's how you end up with a team of eleven kids just following the ball around the around the field. <laughs> like nobody understands how to how to play anything. Oh, and then we man. wonder why kids have tantrums when they don't get what they want on Christmas. Yeah, no, uh, no doubt. Um, this is Sports Talk Mississippi six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five. Visit the text <laughs> line if you want to be a part of the show. You can. Kyle, I hope that guy is never in a fight to the death. <laughs> Can't we both just win here? Yeah. Well, if you both win, then both of you lose in effect. But Yes, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that in a fight to the death. If there's two winners, they're both dead. They're both good point. Uh, <laughs> I'm so glad the Rose Bowl got knocked down a peg. I would love to go to the game. I really would. I just I cannot believe that we let of, that game hold control. the sport up. It's out of control. We, one game does not get to, to to determine the schedule and the the, the advancement of of the sport. I mean, imagine if for some odd reason, like the the second round game of the NFL playoffs or or game two of the NLDS was like, hold on, we have to have a specific time for Game 2 of the NLDS. Otherwise, you can't have the World Series this year. If Game 2 of the NLDS isn't on Halloween at 7 o'clock p.m. Central, there's no playoffs. We can't have it. I mean, how how stupid does that sound? But that's what we were going to do. Yeah, and have done for quite some time, honestly. Rose Bowl had too much control. They they put and it's no. happening this year too. They put playoff games on New Year's Eve to yeah. satisfy the Rose Bowl when New Year's Eve is a right. horrible day for and, and events. They're not horrible. on the, the Rose Bowl's not even on New Year's Day. I know it's on the second. So it's it, mind blowing, but I'm glad that's over. Yeah. So New Year's Eve, the playoff games. The worst—that's the worst possible day you can hold a sporting event. Worst possible day. Yes. People in yes. groups. Everybody's got a party to go to. Shooting off if, fireworks. If, you get, if you're early, you're okay. If you, if you're early, you're okay. If you're if you're before like four o'clock, that's fine. After four, eh. you do anything fun on New Year's? I don't. I'll. Uh, I'm a very old person. I will watch football. My wife will go to bed yeah. at like 9.30. I'll pour myself a glass of whiskey, and I will fall asleep before You've midnight. heard my story of last year on, uh, I guess it was, was the Sugar Bowl on New Year's Eve last year? Yeah. The Ole Miss game? I think it was New Year's Day. New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. 
about how I got a text from someone and I thought it was our company CEO. Have you never heard no, this story? I've never heard this story. So that was like right when I I got COVID. And so I was so doped up on cough syrup and like NyQuil. I was literally in my chair trying to watch Ole Miss. And like, I mean, the room was spinning. I was just trying to be well. And I got a text from someone, and you you know the people who work in this company, so you know what our company CEO's name is, and you know there's an, an employee who works at, who has yes. a similar name. Almost so identical. She sends she sends me a text, and basically the gist of it is, you know, I don't I don't want Ole Miss to win. <laughs> That's the gist of the text, and I think it's our company CEO, who I know is a huge Ole Miss fan, and I'm just staring at my phone like, "What is happening right now?" And I, I said, "I said, I was like, what are you talking about?" She's like, "Oh, you know, I just, you know," and I'm just like, "No, I don't know." I texted our our HR director. I was like, I think someone has stolen her phone. You need to check on this. Something's <laughs> happening. And then after, finally had the moment of clarity where I was like, oh, God, it's not her. It's the other person. And I texted her like, oh, my God, this is what's happening. And I had to tell our HR director, Ashley, the next, like a couple days later, I was like, hey, if you want to know what I was talking about and you want to laugh, give me a call. She immediately called me. Was like, I sent the text, and five seconds later, my phone was ringing. And I explained it to her. She was cracking up. Oh, that is perfect. NyQuil and Robitussin, man, that'll get you. I found out that when I had COVID that if you take two Tylenol PMs and two NyQuils, you can sleep 14 hours uninterrupted. Uh, we want to remind you that we are not medical professionals on this show. And you we are not. Our... But like I said, I just I just discovered that. I didn't I didn't I didn't ask for any help. <laughs> oh man, oh, that's funny. Kyle asked why all the Bulls are oh. on ESPN. They buy the rights to the big ones and they buy they, the rights. They own the rest of them, basically. They they own these bowl games. I mean, it's 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 an ESPN <laughs> production from start to finish. So. CC and Centobia talking about our friend from California. I bet that guy's a hoarder. Probably still wears his high school class ring. Gosh. <laughs> what do you think his favorite float That's at the Rose Bowl pl- uh, parade is? Uh, <laughs> Have you ever watched it? I've never no, watched it. I don't, I don't watch par- I've, The only parade I've ever watched is the Macy's parade. I'll watch that on a Thanksgiving morning getting ready to watch the Lions. But even then. I'm not much for parades. I love that getting ready to watch the Lions, which this year's yeah. not that bad. That's what. That's what. No, it wasn't terrible. I was on the road this year. I was headed to Oxford to to dine with Richard Cross at Stately Cross Manor. Did you see? Speaking of the Lions, Dan Campbell's post game handshake the other day. Lions got smoked yeah. by uh, who was very it? aggressive. Who beat them? I can't. Uh, I don't. It was Carolina. I know, I know but I they, saw, they lost to the Panthers. Yeah, and, and Dan Campbell. Walks right up to Steve Wilkes and shakes his head. It says, great, four-letter word, starts with an F-I-N-G, job. You kicked our, same four-letter word, Yeah, three-letter word, today. <laughs> Love that. Just, hey, He's great honest. job, Coach. He's honest. You kicked our, you know what? I love Dan Campbell. He's very much football guy. Complete opposite of McDaniel in Miami. Just to- polar opposite, guys. Yes. And they're falling apart, yes. by the way, the Dolphins. Eh, they are. They've been on. They've they've been a roller coaster team this year. They're really good than really bad. 
We got to talk about Muschamp and Herb Street when we come back because I want to. I want you to understand you're how to tell hard this story you have to work. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, I, I will tell it. Just I just want to point before we go to the break. I'll say this: you have to work really hard to make Will Muschamp the funny guy in any conversation. <laughs> but Kirk Herb Street did it. Well, Kirk uh, Herb Street was able to do it. We'll discuss that when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Don't go anywhere. <clears throat> Talk Mississippi is Sports Talk Mississippi right here on Supertalk.fm, the Super Talk Mississippi app, and always live on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. You want to be a part of the show? That's how you do it. The ceasefire text line. Please don't text and drive though. Use the voice text feature. We'll figure it out. I know it's sometimes says some unintentional things, but we'll get there. Just or we'll have a good on laugh. One of the two. One of the two. So Kirk Herbstreet right. versus Will Muschamp. Right. So Muschamp is asked about uh, Georgia defense. Something related, by to, the way. Georgia defensive coordinator, right? So he's asked about the 93 Citrus Bowl, Bulldogs and Buckeyes in that game back in the day, right? And he made the comment basically that they had a luncheon. Herb Street got up and threw a pass across the room, and right then I knew we had a shot to win. And, he, and then he says, make roast. sure Herbie knows I said Right, and he says, make sure Herbie knows I said that. So, Will Buschamp, give him credit, Right. That's funny. I, not much. You don't expect much from him, right? So Herb Street is asked about it at his own press conference where he's discussing the games that he's going to be calling, right? And, you know, and so if Brian Haydad's in that situation, my, my first thought would have been like, I thought we had a chance to win when I saw that Will Muschamp played for Georgia. That's where I'm going. Like, he was on the roster. I was like, they yeah. must not be very good. If I that looked guy's at him and team. saw him. Wait, that's the starting safety? Yeah, we're good. That's that's where I'm going, right? This is this is Herb Street's response. I do remember it was one of those autograph balls, those white panel balls, and I remember throwing it and not being real happy with how far I had to throw it because I couldn't grip the ball, so I shot put at the ball. That's about all I remember, but no, I don't really have any comments or any reaction at all to what Will said. So they asked him again, like, you sure you don't have anything to say? He's like, you sure you don't have a little comebacker against Muschamp? No. Like, Kirk Herb Street is the Come most on, buttoned man. up humorless guy in the world. And, like, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I've met, I've had a chance to talk to him, like, briefly at a bar in Oxford, of all places. Um, or we, I mean, literally a 30-second conversation. I, I know that he's not this robot, but he has just been so, like, pull, poured into the ESPN mold that he's just not capable of having a human conversation anymore, it seems. Like, that's a ripe opportunity for you to zing Muschamp back and, and have a little fun with it 
And and you know, your, your team, the team you played for, is playing the team he played for in the national. You know, have some fun with it. And 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 you could do that, but instead you get no. I have I have no comment. Like like he was asked about selling drugs. Yeah. Like, come on, man. God, my... you're sitting next to Lee Corso every week, a man who has made a living being the butt of jokes and being the humor guy and being the clown. And you can't, you haven't taken anything from him. If anything, he's gone yeah. further away from him. He's, oh, he's gone further away. Man, that he's, crying he fit him, he had a couple too years ago is just the, it's the embarrassing. first sign. It's embarrassing. You know, this, I mean, just, uh, and of course, you know, he also went on a tangent on state when they, when they had the fight in the, uh, in the, in the armed forces ball. That's the worst thing I've ever seen in college football. But I mean, fights I, happen know, when, every when every people year. People say that garbage, but then before the Ohio State Michigan game, Kirk Herbstreit will talk about, "Oh, it's just uh, these teams hate each other when they have a history of fighting." Yeah. I mean, my God, like four years ago, the guy ran off the field, double burdened the entire Michigan crowd. Yeah, but see, that's yeah. not bad because it's a heated rivalry. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, give me a break. Yeah, it's just it's. I can't if there's there, if I have a pet peeve in this world, it's people who take themselves too seriously. I can't deal with it. I can't. You know, we're all we're all just people. You know, just because you have a little more money or a little more power, a little more prestige, you're not any different than than the other guy. So you know, make a joke and just 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 make a joke. Tell tell Muschamp he was a scrub, and you were the starting quarterback for a, you know a Big Ten football team. And you 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 weren't worried about the opinions of some second string safety, you know, like yeah. I, I, I mean, there's so many things you could hit him with. You like, you know, how does it feel to not only be the second best coach on that staff, you're the second best former Georgia safety that's a coach. Like, how did you pull that off, Will? I, there's a million jokes you can make about Will Muschamp. He's imminently insultable, and yet you just threw it all away. It's Who won that game, by the way? Georgia. And, and Herbstreit played terribly in the game. They got the stats right here. Hold on. I've, I closed the tab. Hold on a second. But it's like, yeah, he was uh, like, like 8 of 24 in this game or something. Ugh. This is how different college football is. Listen to this. In 1992, Kirk Street threw four touchdowns and six interceptions. In the season... Unbelievable. Well, how many did Stroud throw for he must have thrown like forty touchdowns last year? That's Something incredible. Like that. How different it's not even the same game. Jason says Ohio <laughs> State versus Georgia is a game that's driving me crazy. I can see Georgia running them out of the stadium, and I can see Georgia messing around like they did with Missouri and getting themselves blown out too. I do think there are not enough people. Okay, I'm not doing the thing that Ohio State's doing, the nobody believes in us. Like, you're Ohio State, you're a playoff right. team, shut up. Uh, but right. I do think there are a lot of people that think that Georgia's just going to walk right through here. Ah, Ohio State's no problem. They're just going to beat the crap out of them and no big deal. I mean, look, I know we saw Ohio State last time out get smoked by Michigan. I, I watched it just as much as you guys did. But I promise you that's not what Kirby Smart's saying in his team meetings, and that's not what he sees on film. You've got a future first-round pick. At quarterback, you've got multiple first-round caliber wide receivers, a, a tight end one at least potential, 
Ohio State's filled with as maybe not to the 85 as talented of a roster as Georgia, but that's a top five roster in college football that Georgia's up against. It's not like it's a team filled with scrubs. It's a team filled with a bunch of future NFL guys on it as well. I mean, if Georgia blows them out, then that says more about Georgia than it does Ohio State, in my opinion. I just I think that they're a really good, a capable team as well. It's not like this is Cincinnati up here, like last year. Right. I, I agree with everything you're saying. I, I You're 100% correct, and I still think Georgia's going to win easily. Well, I, just, I just do. I think. If they do, it means they're that good. That, but they are that good. They have NFL guys at every position except quarterback, and Bennett is he just doesn't he, he just does all the right things. He just doesn't make mistakes. And he and, you know, he, he not that he's not a good I feel it's feel like game manager is one of those things that gets like thrown around like an insult. It's not. You want a quarterback that's a game manager. The the opposite of that is game mismanager. You definitely don't want that. So Bennett is a great game manager. Yeah. He's talented enough to make you some plays, but he's got great guys all around him, though. So, and especially on defense. Yeah, he had to make plays to to win it last year. I yeah. The name that keeps coming up in my head when talking about Stetson Bennett is Chris Leak. Leak probably had more raw ability than Stetson Ooh. Bennett, but Leak wasn't. I mean, Leak was a highly recruited guy out of high school. Right, so the, their upbringing highly is recruited. different, but like the usage and yeah. stuff feels similar. Leak won a championship. Yeah, but it, but we all know that Tebow sort of was the, the spark. And, of course, yeah. that team was loaded with NFL guys. Same as the Georgia team. That, that's not – they're very different in their, the, the way they play the game. But that's not a, that's not a bad comparison to be totally honest with you. I'm trying to think of another one of a guy who just kind of the Super Bowl would make it a lot easier. A guy like uh, like Trent Dilfer, yeah, or you know, the, 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 you know, was he was good. He made plays. He didn't give games away, but he wasn't the primary reason his team was winning the Super Bowl. Kyle says Michigan was patient enough to see what worked and then pounced. Bo and in Indianola says yeah. I agree. Hey, Dad. If you would have played football, you could take Herb Street's job. Want a good joke? Just tell the truth. Ohio State has a good chance at winning, as good of a chance at winning as Haydad does winning the 40-yard dash. Well, who's he racing? Well, you're not very nice to Haydad. I know. What can you say? Bo, a fan of the second-best college football team in the – well, maybe third-best. And Jackson Ooh. State was undefeated in the regular season. It's okay. It's okay. I understand. So, it- Also, I did play football, so – yeah. I don't know what to tell you. I guess he was partially like saying something interesting that, you know, if you played football like at Ohio State, you could do a better job, which is kind of a compliment. And then he's like, ah, you can't run. Like, kind of well, I don't, I don't, profound. Don't, and then you also. You don't need to run. You don't need to run to talk in this life. You can just walk. That's right. Who likes running? Any, running's boring. I'm still. I went back the other day and found the clip of when you and I were on treadmills. By the way, I found the clip of you and I where you were like, "Hey, Dad, I don't know if you've ever been a long distance runner," and of course that was a good two minutes of hilarity. That clip is maybe my favorite clip of this of this past year. I'll be totally honest with you. Uh, We should go back and find the the best of the year. We really should. There's some good ones in there. 
me talking about Ole Miss baseball back in March, that would definitely get the the best of for uh, that would for sure. be good. Yeah, yeah. So me talking about Mississippi State baseball in uh in March would be the same way. <laughs> one, different sides of the coin. One more time with you, Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. What is going on here? Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. It's about time. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. The Birmingham Bowl just underway, obviously in Birmingham. The new stadium, though, not at the, what do they call it, the old gray, late, old gray lady? You know, the, the, the beginning of the death knell for mankind was when that Birmingham Bowl moved away from Legion Field yeah. to, uh, to uh, oh, what is it called? Oh, I was there. What was it called? It, had, it has a weird name. It's like Home Shield or something? Something like that. I don't remember. Now I gotta look it up. The worst protective protective, protective stadium. stadium. Yeah, we should have That's protected right. the. We old made a lot stadium. of protect. We made a lot of protect this house jokes when we were there for the Garth Brooks concert. <laughs> we must protect this house. Uh, in terms of higher sports, like I've been to high school facilities and stuff that were really bad, but. Mm-hmm. The worst, like, higher-level sports venue I've ever been to was where the old Birmingham Bowl Legion. was. Legion Field. By Legion, Legion Field, yeah. I only went to one game there, and it was in 2000. So you, I guess you went to, like, the 12... 2012. Bowl there. Yeah, when Ole Miss was there. So I went, you know, 12 years before you, and it was just... At that time, college football stadiums weren't quite what they are today. But 12 years later, I could see that. was a, The Liberty Bowl is like that right now, and they're going to play a bowl game there. I, I, I firmly I said this last year and I firmly, firmly believe it that with the, the, the new stadium in Birmingham being so nice, I could see a, a time in the next year or two where the Liberty Bowl slips down the bowl tier to where the Birmingham Bowl is now and the Birmingham Bowl goes up. Because honestly, I mean I would rather go to Birmingham as a nicer city than Memphis. Yeah. And the stadium is nicer. I mean, the press box at the Liberty Bowl is not great for media. I, I don't know. I, I could I could totally see a time where the Liberty Bowl is like getting either the ninth or tenth SEC team, and or getting a Conference USA team versus uh, uh, an AAC team or something. Yeah, and, and I've got friends that that live in Memphis that would hate me for agreeing with you here. But uh, you can have fun in the Memphis. Liberty. I, I, you can, but man, you can. Birmingham I know. I, has I love Memphis so much for the better. Yeah, it's it's a good town to go. I mean, the main thing is is the state you know the experience for the athlete is not as good. They play it's a, a terrible stadium. You know, whereas in Memphis now or in Birmingham now you got a stadium with all the bells and whistles. Yeah. So, you know, Memphis needs to step up. I think they they they're planning to renovate the Liberty Bowl. It, it needs Everybody's to be brought, planning to brought do up renovations. to Yeah, but it needs to be brought up to 2022 standards. Hell, it needs to be brought up to 2000 standards at this point. 
Um, yeah. Less fun things to do. So Ole Miss uh, participated and lost a rodeo last night to Texas Tech. I don't really know I mean, what came with that. State's going to go to the beach, right? They are going to the beach, and they're going to Bush Gardens as well. I'm nice. sure there's a competition down there somewhere, but I don't know what it is. Maybe a, maybe a beach tug of war, in which case you just make dollar bill the anchor and you're good. Yeah, those bowl games are fun for those guys, too. It's not just a game. That's, yeah. what, that's what gets lost on the people that want to try to convince you that they're just totally worthless. They have fun. It is a fun thing. You forget about the athlete. Yeah. Like, you're just like, oh, as a fan, I, this, I don't want to consume this. And you forget that the athletes get to go and have a good time and enjoy themselves and get the reward for their season, whatever it was, and just have a few days away. I mean, yeah. you know, they deserve a vacation. Why not? You're not paying for it, so don't don't get all riled up about it. Uh, two games have finished today. The first responder bowl was dominated by Memphis, beat Utah State 38-10. to Buffalo beat Georgia Southern by 2, 23-21 in the Camellia Bowl. You got Coastal Carolina and East Carolina on your TV right now, just started. Uh, and then finally, the nightcap, a late one, 9-15 Central on ESPN. Sure. Wisconsin and Oklahoma State. Two big brand name college football programs it's, playing in a it's a lesser bowl, but why not? Is Spencer Sanders playing in this one? I know he's in the portal. I don't believe he is, but I'm not hundred percent sure of that either. People, some people made a, a deal about Ole Miss reaching out to him. They'd have been dumb not to. I don't understand the angst around that. They need another guy. They need another quarterback. I mean, what's the worst he's going to do? Say, no, I'm looking somewhere without an established starter. Okay. Good luck, man. Okay. Or what if he said, you know, I'm down for competition. I want to play in the SEC. Well, then you got something. Yeah. Yeah. There's. I got a couple buddies texting me. They're like, why would you do that to Dart? Well, it's the SEC. I mean, this Dart's smart enough to know that. he can't just go into the next season with just him and Kincaid Dent. You, you can't do that. You got to have another guy. So, thank you guys so much for making our show a part of your day. Tomorrow is going to be loaded. We've got Ole Miss basketball that starts at four against Tennessee. We've got Mississippi State basketball, big one in the hump tomorrow against Alabama, and obviously the Ole Miss bowl game tomorrow night at eight o'clock as well. We'll talk about all of that with you starting at three tomorrow. Y'all have a good night. Mississippi Media Production.